guys, it's me, and I'm back with another episode of My Best Vintage Life. How are we doing in our isolation? Are we doing okay? Um, right now, I am in my dressing room, which is my extra bedroom in my house. I was planning on recording in my dining room because it's the perfect spot for it. And of course, my neighbors across the street are uh, demoing their cinder block wall. I don't know why you would do that. Living in Fresno, having a cinder block wall is awesome. It keeps people out. People can't climb over it easily. So God only knows what they are doing, and it'll probably be an eyesore because they're those kind of people. All right. <laughs> so right now I am in a room. Uh, shouldn't be too many sound issues in here, although if my neighbor's dogs start to bark, then there will be fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Just my usual show notes before we get started. Uh, if you want to email, I have the personalized podcast email now. It's admin, A-D-M-I-N, at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. Questions, comments, concerns, just saying hi. Feel free to send me an email. Follow us on social media. We have Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Instagram's a great way to kind of just get even more bang for your buck from the podcast, although I haven't been super on Instagram lately because my head has just kind of been a mess. Um, I tried to post, but just been a lot of other things going on, so I'm sure you understand that. Um, don't forget to check out the website, mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. That's where you'll find our wholesale shopping information as well as a sign up for the newsletter blog posts, and obviously shopping. Um, now would be a really great time to maybe get yourself a nice vintage fashion book. Oh, Chalupa is here with me. If you hear her shaking, that's Chalupa. Say hi, Chalupa. Um, Google Voice, if you want to leave me a voicemail, perhaps you would like to do something vocally instead of um, through written communication. It is area code 559 three six five six seven four three that's area code five five nine three six five six seven four three for google voice and um rates ratings and reviews now i have a pod chaser account which is awesome because anybody on any platform any type of electronic device can leave me a review on there so if you have a droid and you haven't been able to do so because you don't have the apple podcast app Podchaser is a great option. One of my listeners, Leslie, left me a review recently, um, which was really nice of her, and it would be great to get some more reviews on there. It's just really giving everybody an option, and I love that about it because otherwise um, most other podcast platforms, listening platforms, don't offer the option to review. So yeah, check out Podchaser podchaser.com and you can just search for my best vintage life podcast and I said this on last on the last episode it's a really cool website and an awesome place to find even more podcasts to listen to so and last but not least um my obsession at the moment so my obsession at the moment um is these gummy bears that I well normally get all the time at the grocery store but obviously I've been limiting my visits um, but they're called Smart Sweets, and it's a lime green bag with a pink bear, and it says sour on it, so they're sour gummy bears. They also have sour buddies, which are like Sour Patch Kids, sour peachy rings. Um, I put the peachy rings in the Halloween 
Hello treat bag giveaway I did. My friend Allison won it, and I remember her sending me a picture saying, how do these things only have 90 calories? I don't know how they do it, guys. It seems pretty healthy. Um, There's like no sugar and no calories, and it's just they're awesome. So I highly recommend if you like gummies like me trying out that brand. I get them at Whole Foods. I know you can get them on Amazon. Um, I'm pretty sure Thrive Market has them as well, although they're super – they were super backed up with their shipping dates right now because of everything going on with COVID. So um, yeah, I mean, if you are, I'm not promoting going out to the grocery store, but if you have to go and get your groceries, it might be worth picking up a bag and treating yourself. Okay. So today, as I am recording this, is April 22nd. It is Earth Day. And guess what? I have absolutely no notes for this. No notes, no preparation. I didn't even know if I was going to record an episode this week. I wasn't sure what route I was taking there. Um, But then I woke up this morning and realized, hey, it's Earth Day. And doing what I do and you listening about vintage, you obviously love vintage. I think it's a good day for us to talk about what we can do to make Earth Day a little bit brighter every year. Um, because I think as of late, I've, I've felt pretty crummy on Earth Day thinking about all the things we do that negatively impact our planet. So just ways and things that we are doing, can be doing to... Um, you know, make things better. And like I said, I I wasn't really planning on doing an episode. This is all just kind of improv. Um, I was inspired by um, Jen Gotch. Uh, I'm sure you most of you know who Jen Gotch is. She's the founder of Bando. Um, You know, I love she'll just go live on Instagram and just like spew things out of her mouth and just speak her mind. So I watched a video she did yesterday and I really just liked it and I've always found her inspirational. So um, just her speaking her mind and then also I listened to um, part of an episode of The Wardrobe Crisis with Claire Press. Uh, That is an Australian-based fashion podcast. I'm sure uh, most of my listeners in Australia and New Zealand are, are probably pretty familiar with it. Um, And if not in the world, it's a very highly ranked fashion podcast. But I was listening to part of an episode today about factory workers in Bangladesh and just that the whole fast fashion situation. And I was like, oh, my God, this is just this is such a nightmare. So I just wanted to come on and talk on today's episode about, you know, Earth Day and kind of reflect upon you know, my journey from fast fashion to vintage thrifting and, you know, just hope that if you already are on that journey yourself, that's great. But there are so many people in your life that I can guarantee aren't. So just trying to be an inspiration for them. So basically, I mean, for me, I did not grow up in a place where anybody even thought about uh, who's making their clothes People didn't think about organic food or clean eating. I grew up in a very poor part of Pennsylvania, and tragically, it's even more economically devastated today than what it was then. Um, It's the coal region of Pennsylvania. So basically, at one point in time, coal was a huge industry there, and then that kind of went away, and a lot of people were left without jobs, and 
kind of had to figure out another source of income for themselves. Um, so a lot of the coal miners were really displaced out of their jobs. And, you know, it, it never really, the situation didn't really um, provide much opportunity for people. There weren't many jobs. And I think throughout future times and in future years, things got a little bit better. But it's just like a very, um, very blue collar town. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, not much industry though there. So I, I did not grow up in an area where people care about these things or cared about those things. Um, and you know, I personally, um, my parents couldn't afford to buy me clothes. So my grandmother did. And, um, that was always really nice. Cause otherwise I don't know how they would have, uh, afforded to dress me. Uh, so thankful that my grandmother was able to do that. Um, and she really, like to take us to like the nicer stores I mean they weren't anything crazy expensive looking back but um better than you know like she didn't want me wearing clothes from like Kmart and Walmart even though I still did she would take us to like the mall to the nicer department stores and I think I could even in those early days tell the difference between like um you know a mall brand versus going to Kmart or Walmart for clothes. And I think those were probably the early kind of beginnings of me saying, okay, there's a difference here. Um, And, you know, maybe it wasn't a huge part of my life back then because I obviously didn't have the money to buy myself clothes. Um, But you could see it. And then I think what then what happens is when you finally do get – your own money and you want to buy your own clothes, which I remember was like a fabulous day for me because I had that independence for my parents. I think I started buying my own clothes in like 10th grade or maybe 9th grade. Um, I can remember very vividly once I had my license going to like malls with friends and buying things. Now that's kind of like where I feel like most young people get into issues with fast fashion is that they're very limited on their budget. Um, and where I think things are getting better now is a lot of those young people, whereas I was like jumping in the car going to Old Navy, um, now younger people are jumping in the car with their friends and going to thrift stores. But you have to also realize that the closest mall to where I lived was 30, 30 minutes away. And like the big shopping centers with like an Old Navy was an hour away. Like I don't think there still isn't an Old Navy within an hour of where I live. So I was very limited on my options and um, online shopping wasn't really a thing back then. I don't think I placed my first online shopping order until I was in college or maybe like my senior year of high school. And I think when I used my parents' credit card, um, their credit card actually got hacked and somebody put like $11,000 on it in Nevada buying motorcycle parts. (laughs) And I think I was buying myself like a jackass DVD. <laughs> so yeah, I was not buying myself clothes until freshman year of college, I think with my my personal credit card or my bank card. Um, so yeah, I was pretty limited to where I could go. So back then the thing was like, let's go to Old Navy or let's drive like two hours to a really big mall and go shopping. This is all we can afford. There wasn't really that mindset of, okay, let's take that money on what I would spend on fast fashion and spend it at a thrift store or a consignment shop or a vintage shop. Now, granted, I did start thrifting at a very young age. I just never really looked at it as a method of dressing myself. Um, I think mostly because in high school, I went from Catholic school, leaving eighth grade in a uniform, and then 
the summer before I started public high school in ninth grade, they switched to a dress code. And it was the stupidest dress code ever. Like you were allowed to wear khaki pants, black pants, gray pants, or navy pants, or skirts at an appropriate length, of course, or capris. And then all the same colors for tops, basically, but like they allowed red. And then they said the dress code was sexist. So then they added pink. And it's just such a mess. But I couldn't really make a lot of outfits out of thrift store clothes. So I needed to have like, I don't know, I needed to have some sort of fun stuff for school and unfortunately a lot of the fast fashion stores is where I was getting my wardrobe now I also didn't like looking like anybody else so I would definitely like my grandmother lived like um about two hours away and I would go to the mall there and that mall had an H&M and nobody else really in my town knew what an H&M was so I like to I that was a way I stood out now looking back I really wish that I would have been able to um wear more thrifted clothing and more vintage clothing but those unfortunately were the clothes I wore like outside of school just because we had the dress code um but it feel I feel like in California at least I mean the stuff I see kids wearing out here to school or for like their senior pictures uh to prom I mean I my dad would have killed me if I left my house looking like that and it's funny because I do think at the time I, I would leave and I'd be like, oh, maybe this skirt's too short or these shorts are too short. No, no. Girls, it looks like they're wearing like dental floss these days. I don't even know what their parents are thinking. Um, but yeah, so I, oh, Chalupa. Actually, that was me. My my butt knocked down a book. I'm sitting at my my vanity. I'm very uncomfortable, but I'm enjoying talking to you guys. Um, so yeah, all of my thrifted clothes were more for after school hours. And then I had to wear a lot of fast fashion, unfortunately, for my dress code. So then obviously I've been in a school uniform from kindergarten through eighth grade and then dress code from ninth to 12th. So as you can imagine, when I got to freshman year of college, um, the thought of being able to wear whatever I wanted was so exciting and once again I turned to fast fashion stores um, mostly because I didn't have a car my freshman year of college and I would um, kind of catch a ride with people who did um, you weren't allowed to have one but some of my friends kind of Eh, they used a loophole of like they worked X amount of hours so they could drive home. And I had a few friends who kind of abused that privilege. But anyways, I would ride with them to um, a really big mall on the East Coast called uh, King of Prussia. It's actually, I think, the biggest mall on the East Coast. You should look it up. It's a really, really cool mall. Um, I don't know where it'll stand after COVID, but before COVID, it was still doing exceptionally well because what it's known for is having a very large luxury section. So um, they have, you know, Gucci there, Louis Vuitton, Hermes, all these upscale brands. Um, so I would go there, but, you know, I wasn't obviously shopping in those stores. I was, wow, like this Forever 21 is the biggest one I've ever seen. And wow, it's a huge H&M. And, you know, you would just basically say, oh, my God, I could leave this store with three bags of clothing. And I spent like, I don't know, $100. And that was a great feeling. So that was a, a large portion of my life for a long time was was buying fast fashion. And um, 
You know, you really, one of the best things I think that ever happened to me was, you know, getting the job that I did um, at Urban Outfitters because while we were, I was working with, uh, you know, the vintage aspect of the brand, I did get to see what women's, like the women's brands were doing and, and most of their clothing was made overseas. And just to see what they were making, the quality and the cost. And, you know, once you work in fashion, it it blows your mind, like, what people will spend on something that's just pure shit quality. Um, it's 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 very shocking. And I even saw that when I worked for a jewelry designer at one point in time, she was manufacturing in China pieces of jewelry for maybe 99 cents and selling them for like $30. And it was just pure garbage. And you have to wonder, God, what is the factory like where this was made? What are those people treated like? You know, it just, it really boggles the mind. Um, so... Between those two jobs, I felt like I started to have more of a sense of, okay, this isn't really what I want to be wearing. This feels like crap, even though people are spending X amount of dollars for it. Um, And that was, you know, definitely an eye-opening time for me in my life. That was like my, basically my mid to late 20s. And then... um, Probably the brand that I started to really hate the most, I won't say its name, but it's a Spanish-based brand, a few letters in the name. I'm sure you can figure it out. Um, I boycotted them when I moved to Fresno in 2016. I said, I'm not going to buy anything else from them ever again. And I didn't. I haven't since. Um, And I slowly, you know, I mean, obviously their clothes don't last very long. I slowly either gave my stuff away or donated it. Um, and I don't think I have many pieces left from them anymore. Um, and I don't, I don't buy H and I don't buy Forever Twenty One. Like I, and honestly, I'm I'm blessed to be in a financial situation where I don't have to buy clothes from stores like that. But even if I wasn't, I wouldn't go back and fall into the trap that I was in when I was in college or post college. You know, just buying shit at Forever Twenty One and H and M and or going to um, TJ Maxx, that was another like lethal place for me because or home goods. I'd be like, oh my god, I can get all this stuff. And you know, it's funny. I saw a post on Facebook the other day that somebody said, oh, do you think TJ Maxx, all the things sitting alone in TJ Maxx, miss us? And I was just like, oh my god, like no, that's just don't. Why are you even thinking about TJ Maxx right now? First off, and you don't need most of the garbage that's in that store. Sorry, I know that's harsh, but let's be real. There is not much quality in a TJ Maxx or a Home Goods, and those stores play off of psychology so much because it's just like Target. You go in there for one thing and then you leave with a whole cart and that's like the game. That's that is their way of making money and you just think you need all those things and I used to fall into that trap myself so if you still are doing that don't feel bad um you can walk away from it because I know I did now I look at stores like that and I like cringe I'm like no I don't even want to think about going in there right now now granted there are some times like I'm sure you might need like a throw pillow or I don't know something small and that's where you go and get it that's fine but I really don't think anybody should be going into stores like that and pushing their carts around for like two hours and leaving with hundreds of dollars worth of stuff. There are so many other people and small businesses 
that you can support. Because basically what's happening is when we feed into that that monster of fast fashion, and it's not even just fashion, it's home goods too, it's just like we just keep feeding the beast and the more we feed into that like demand, it's just, it's not going to go away. So in my opinion, the things that you can really do to kind of, I don't know what that is. I hear a weird noise. I think there might've been squirrels on my roof. (laughs) Uh, And my neighbor's dogs are barking. Sorry about that guys. But anyways, um, Buy local, buy small, shop small, buy things that are made in the United States or made in Europe. I mean, don't try not to buy things that are made in sweatshops. I mean, be very aware of what you're buying, where it's made. Think about who made your clothes. Think about, wow, what did they get paid for making this? Are they even able to survive? Are they living in some sort of slum? Like, what is their life like? Just it's just you really have to try to not support that industry. And I know it can be hard. And I know some people can't walk away from it a hundred percent, but the smallest of changes I think can eventually work toward a bigger change. So definitely, I mean, start with your town where you live. Maybe okay, and if you live in a small town where there aren't many options, maybe like, there's a big town 30 minutes away or something that has cute boutiques or, you know, locally sourced goods. Start with stores like that. And if you are really in like the middle of nowhere and there's nothing around, then go online. Check out Etsy. Check out eBay for vintage. Check out vintage um, sellers' websites, their Instagram feed. Check out local, like, general stores, apothecaries, stuff like that, where they're selling, um, you know, locally sourced goods. That sort of thing is just such a great way to make a positive impact, and even if it's in a small way. Um, You know, and that's not to say that there aren't larger companies out there that are are horrible. Uh, I've always really liked Everlane. Um, unless you have heard really bad things about them, let me know. But for the most part, I've always liked Everlane. I think they're super transparent about what things cost them. They like to show you what their garment workers, um, you know, what their facilities are like. Are they happy? Um, what are they getting paid? Like, I like that despite this, the fact that the stuff is made overseas, they're being transparent about it. Um, I haven't ever really heard anything bad about their process. And I think for the most part, like I own Everlane pieces. I think it's a good company to support. But like I said, if you've heard otherwise, let me know. Uh, But for the most part, the transparency thing is really good to me. I watched a YouTube video once of this girl and she (laughs) made a list of like the top 10 uh, fast fashion companies out there. And then she reached out to them via email to ask them about you know, be more transparent. Like, why don't you have this on your website? Can you tell me more about your production process? What facilities you're using? What are the people being paid? What, you know, what type of benefits do they get? And a lot of the companies wouldn't even answer her or they would write back and they'd be super, super vague. So I think that just the fact that Everlane is making any kind of effort to be transparent, 
um, is, is huge. And that's another thing. Like a lot of times I'll find new brands, but then I'll think, hmm, where is this stuff made? The first thing I usually do when I go to a website to shop is I'll look for their about page. And I think that if you're a small brand doing like small batch production, that's such a great place. One of the first things I think you should say is where your stuff is made. Um, so like, for example, I was looking at shoes the other day and I thought, eh, I don't know, like, where are they made? And then I went to the about page and said, oh, um, they are handmade by local, um, you know, artisans in Portugal. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with that. And I had a picture of the facility and the people working and like, I like things like that. But when it's like about us, oh, we're, um. It's like, oh, we're, we design, we are design like our clothing's designed in LA and that's all it says. Or it's designed in New York. You 100% know that it's made overseas. And I'm not saying that there aren't good facilities overseas, but then just be transparent about it. And if you can't be transparent about it, that probably means that it's not a great place to be having your clothes made and then you should look elsewhere. And that's just, that's my viewpoint um, for people as designers is like, okay, if I'm afraid to talk about it publicly, it's probably not great. (laughs) It's actually like 100% not great. If you physically are embarrassed or know you're going to get backlash because of it because you're talking online about this terrible place or like oh I couldn't post pictures of this place online yeah you probably want to rethink who you're using Um, or you know use a facility in the United States where you can drop by and say hi okay why is this like that Uh, how are your workers do they you know check do they look happy are they getting lunch breaks do they have water? Do they have a bathroom to use? Um, stuff like that. So small, small steps. Um, I think shopping our own closets, it doesn't even have to be for vintage. Maybe you have fast fashion. Well, instead of buying new stuff, take what you have, lay it out, put it on a rack. I don't care what you do. Try to make new outfits out of it. Try to get more wear out of what you already have. And if you don't have things or you feel like you're missing key pieces, get on Poshmark, get on eBay, get on Etsy. Uh, One day when we can actually go to the thrift stores again, go to the thrift stores. Um, Go to like some sort of vintage event, whether it's a vendor fair, flea market. Try to fill the holes and gaps in your wardrobe with things that aren't fast fashion. That's a huge, huge part of... um, of trying to keep things, you know, greener and and healthier within our own lifestyles. And I think just for the people that are listening that are vintage vendors or you're selling used or secondhand, I think really when you're listing things online, being as descriptive as possible is super good, uh, especially for, you know, like search engine optimization, just because maybe people are looking for something super specific, you know, filling those gaps in their wardrobe and they want to use, you know, search terms that, um, you know, the more specific your description is, the better chance it is that it'll get matched to something that somebody's looking for. So um, I think, you know, one of the one of the places where it's very easy to get into the fast fashion trap is um, with trends, like current trends. So, you know, let's just say, 
the current trend of the moment is like fruit print or something like that and you really want a fruit printed blouse or a fruit printed skirt well there are definitely ways to find that in vintage clothing um it's just a matter of looking and making the effort and i do think that um fast fashion also kind of plays into our need for instant gratification and kind of our laziness at the same time like oh yeah i'm sure they have something at forever 21 they have everything because stores like that really do i mean they have everything they have jewelry they have shoes they have tops they have skirts they you know so it's really a matter of you saying okay am i going to make the effort to actually go out there and source this instead of just taking the easy route of buying fast fashion and i'm just kind of like looking around my room right now um you know i'm looking at my shoe rack and um I have a lot of really nice shoes. Shoes are the one thing I firmly, firmly believe in in investing in because you put all of your weight on them. They touch the ground. They have to last a long time. Um, And a lot of people would look at my shoe rack and think like, God, how much did all of this cost her? But in reality, I'm very savvy when it comes to shoe shopping. And a lot of the pairs of shoes that I have, I got on deep discount on Cyber Monday or around the holidays. So... Um, another way of being able to physically add more better made locally made small batch type items into your wardrobe is really paying attention to sales sign up on websites I know if you don't like getting spam then like go through your email and see what your spam actually is because it's probably a bunch of bullshit whereas you could actually get some great emails from companies that you want to support I don't think that's spam at all if they're going to say hey here's a 20% off coupon or here's a 40% off coupon like that's a really really great way to snag something that's a little bit more expensive for yourself at a more reasonable price and also taking into consideration cost per wear. Okay, so let's say, you know, I know people out there that really love love themselves some good fast fashion garbage shoes, like $20, $30 a pair. Okay, so those shoes aren't going to last you long. And that's just some tough love for me because I know because I used to wear them, especially heels and things that are a little bit more delicate. So let's say instead of spending $30... Um, on five pairs of shoes, you could spend 150 on one pair. Now, some people really need that quantity. They need those five pair. They need that pair of shoe in black. They needed a nude, leopard, blue, red. Um, realistically, you don't need all that. <laughs> Believe me, I'm in the, at the point in my life right now where I am downsizing everything that I own. And there are just so many things where I'm like, I never needed this. Um, I literally have been wearing my Vans slip-on checkerboard shoes um, every day. Like, that's all I've been wearing. And, you know, you think about all the things that you have, all of the clothes that you have that you need or I might wear one day. A lot of that shit you just don't need. So point being with the shoes is you could spend $150 and get yourself like a nice, decent-made pair of shoes or you could just keep spending $30 every so often just to get that like hit of okay, I got something new. But I'm telling you right now, you don't need those things. And it is so nice having space and not having stuff all over my floor. I've been purging. I've been donating. I've been selling stuff. My house is starting to almost have like this minimalistic feel, which for me is not something I'm used to. Um, 
But like at the end of the day, we are just such a consumerist society and have so many, so many things that we don't need. So think about cost per wear. How nice would it be to have one pair of shoes versus five? See, now that's my thought is like, oh, I don't have all that clutter. Whereas some people are happy to have like five over the door shoe things, stuff with shoes that you'll never even wear because you can't even see them. That's another thing. If you have a closet that's so cramped and there's just shit everywhere, believe me, out of sight, out of mind, you're not going to wear anything that you can't see. I love going through my clothes and saying, okay, yeah, I, I didn't even remember that I had this and honestly, I don't even need it. So, and I'm also pretty lucky because now most of my wardrobe is vintage. I don't even really buy, if I do buy it's stuff that's made in the United States or made in California, small brands, um, but like for the most part, I just shop at the warehouse, um, which is really nice. So I don't have too much clothes, pur- clothes purging to do anymore, but even at times there's stuff that I get at the warehouse where I'm like, I didn't really need this, but at least it's vintage. And I know that I can sell it back, sell it to someone else, and somebody's going to get plenty of life after it leaves me. Whereas with fast fashion, there's no guarantee there. Um, My vintage garment will probably still be around for a very long time, whereas that jacket from X, Y, and Z store will probably, you know, maybe last a year before it gets a hole in it because the fabric's so poorly made or it's very thin and flimsy so all things to think about I think I've probably rambled enough at this point in time but I just kind of wanted to talk about me and my journey uh with clothing and where I am now because it's earth day and guys if we don't change what we're doing I just I fear so much for what is in the future if we don't start making drastic changes so as much as I kind of sometimes I don't say crap upon the younger generations but sometimes I just they're it's different than me I mean I'm 32 and I look at kids that are 22 and it's a world away um but I know the one thing that that generation and pretty much all people have been trying to do more of is thrifting and whether that's for used or for vintage it doesn't really matter to me it's the fact that you're making an effort to make a purchase that isn't fast fashion so um if you are still in the mindset of loving fast fashion and it's a big part of your life definitely take a step back and think about what you're doing and how you can change you're not a bad person so you know don't hate yourself for it but at some point in time I think we all have to ask ourselves like, okay, why am I buying this? What is this supporting? Is this something that I'd be I'd be happy about? You know, it's so funny because there are people, it's not really funny, but there's people all over, not just in the United States, but all over that are super concerned for human rights, whether it be, um, I mean, actually, I'm not going to go into it because that's a little too political for my show, but There's so many people out there concerned about human rights. And I have to say that if you don't think about where your clothes are made and you're one of those people out there on your pulpit preaching about human rights, no matter what group of people you're representing, you're a hypocrite because if you're okay with some child in a sweatshop in Bangladesh making your clothes for God knows how many cents a day, but 
that's like on the back burner for you, but you're worried about everybody else or other things. It's just like not right. You have to you have to think about who's making your clothes or you're going to go to a rally for some cause and wear a shirt and you're fighting for some cause, but yet you probably don't even take a second to think about who made that shirt. That's not made in the United States. You know what I mean? So I think there's a lot of people out there who aren't cognizant of it despite being cognizant of a lot of other issues that are important issues. I'm not downplaying what they believe in or what they stand for, but you got to take a step back and think about some other things too. And it's like, you can't say you don't think about clothing. You wear clothing every single day unless you're a nudist or like in a nudist colony, um, which is like kind of making me feel chilly right now because I'm like, I don't know, I'm a little chilly. (laughs) I'm not doing this naked. Um, So yeah, just, you know, if you have a passion for something that is some sort of good cause, then please make sure you have a passion for wearing things that support what you believe. That's the bottom line. All right, guys, those are my thoughts on Earth Day. Um, In the meantime, stay safe. Please wash your hands. Don't go out if you don't need to. Um, Stay home. I know it's hard, but just stay home. Um, Be kind to one another. Call the people that you love. And don't be basic. Bye.